Welcome. Thank you for joining us on the RP Experience. I'm your host, Andrew Regenard, and today we have Matt Flores, one of our preferred partners with Real Producers. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So, a little bit about Matt. Matt is a preferred partner uh, with Naples Real Producers, and he's with the law office of Matthew P. Flores. Uh, prior to starting his career in law, Matt embarked on several law internships, including internship for a criminal defense firm and another one for family law. While neither of these two first ambitions stuck um, his interest, he was hooked when he came across real estate law. Early in his career, Matt continued to fine-tune his practice and learn as much as possible. When he started, he left to start his own firm. His goal was to make a name for himself in the, as a real estate lawyer. Matt Flores have, has lived here in Collier County for over 25 years. He gadu- graduated from Laley High School and attended the University of Florida and graduated from uh, Ava Maria School of Law. So uh, welcome, Matt. Um, obviously, that's a ton of information and, you know, kind of business relation, you know, business information or professional information. Um, but tell us a little bit about who you are, you know. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so yeah, as you mentioned, I have uh, I grew up down here. I, I think I would I think I can call myself a local. We moved from uh, Long Island, New York, to Marco Island in 1993. Marco and was small at that point. Then Marco was super small. A uh, lot of vacant lots. <laughs> not it doesn't look anything like it does right now. It, it's now you're desperate for a lot, right? Like you're trying <laughs> exactly. to like, is there even a lot available? Yeah. You spend a lot of money buying a lot down there oh, at this yeah. point. Yeah. So yeah, grew up, uh, grew up in the Southwest Florida lifestyle down there. Um, you know, fishing, boating, wakeboarding, all those fun things you do as a teenage boy. Yeah. In, uh, wakeboarding. I mean, that's, that's an up North thing. I definitely did that when I was young, but I don't see it much down here. So it's, it's cool that they still have it then. Oh yeah. Yeah. We used to do a lot of wakeboarding. Okay. We would, uh, you know, leave high school, run yep. down Marco, take the boat out. That was a good time. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what year or, uh, how old were you when you moved? Were you pretty young? Yeah, we were, I was seven okay. when we moved down from New York. Yeah, so, so pretty much just remember down here then, right? Probably remember a couple cold winters when you were super young, <laughs> a few yeah. little things. Yeah. We, we left in a snowstorm. Like it was, it was a bad nor'easter. We, we loaded up the car. We started driving South. My parents like, we're not, we're never going back to the north again. Sorry. Oh. Like, eh, sounds cool where we're going. So and like and then we 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 pulled into the driveway and just jumped right in the pool. I was like, all right, this works. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like I was just on a trip where I was we we're up in like Canada and it was like, wow, it's cold. And then like, you know, obviously driving or flying in this, you know, within twenty four hours or, you know, within six hours, it's perfect and beautiful and hot. And I'm just like why would you want to live anywhere else at that point? <laughs> it's no. just like, it's shock. I, I would much rather just travel to the snow yeah. for a purpose, like skiing yeah. or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. So what was your, I mean, you did some internships, but like what kind of sparked your interest in law? Yeah. So when I went to, to UF, I, I, you know, I, I planned on being a lawyer. Um, they didn't really have a pre-law program. So I was a history major. Um, you know, and, and I graduated in 2008 and there wasn't a whole lot going on in the economy at that point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and I, you know, I was kind of burnt out in school. So I actually, I took a year off and, um, I came down here, 
I was working for AT&T. I was mm-hmm. selling cell phones. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, slinging iPhones around town. <laughs> and Those uh, are like the OG iPhones yeah, back right, in the day. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't know. This probably isn't going to work out either. Maybe yeah. I should, you know, think about law school again. And, um, you know, Ave Maria, they were just, they were le- relocating from, um, from Michigan and they reached out and said, Hey, you know, if you want to be part of our, you know, the first kind of all through Florida class, uh, you know, we'd love to have you. So it worked out well and stopped selling cell phones at that point, <laughs> attended law school. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. Did you enjoy sales? I mean, a lot of people either love or hate it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, yeah, I, I did. It was, okay. it, it was, it was a good experience. I would say I learned a lot, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it was low level corporate, never left, nevertheless, it was, yeah, it was true. corporate. So, um, I did, I, I think I learned some things and mm-hmm. I met a bunch of people too mm-hmm. doing that. So I, in college I did, uh, supplement sales, like, uh, you know, like, uh, it was called complete nutrition, but like uh, GNC or like vitamin shop, like yeah. those, it was like that. And so I was like, oh, it was, it was a learning curve. That's for sure. I was, I loved it, but I was like, there's so much to learn in sales yeah. and like, you know, just communication, I guess, human interaction, how you treat people, different things like that. Um, but it was interesting. It was oh, fun. Yeah. And the, you know, and it's fun having those, those jobs growing up. And yeah. I was, I did pool cage construction, I clean the bottom. That's humbling. It is. Clean up very on those hot. ladders. Yeah, I was like, Mm-mm. very hot to do that in the summer in Southwest Florida. Yeah, I cleaned the bottoms of boats one summer for my my uh, my parents own a bottom cleaning business. So nice. Spent a summer underwater at the, at the bottom of a boat, just scrubbing the whole time. So, <laughs> so you had tanks scuba diving then, technically, or uh, was it just? Uh, like a hose with a uh, yeah. with a mouth. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a brownie from the yeah. from the dock that we ran down. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh gosh. So tell me a little bit with those interns. Like, did what would you not like about criminal law or family law? And like, you know, obviously real estate law is exciting in a sense because it's like these are huge purchases. These are you know um, all these different things are going on. But like, did would you not like about criminal law and family law? Um, that type of arguing, like, you know, I don't mind arguing a position or defending a position in real estate and contract negotiation. I mean, I, you know, I, I really enjoy that part of the job. Yeah. Um, because most of the time, um, everyone has the same goal, um, in closing a deal. Um, that's true. Yeah. Right. So generally everyone's happy at the end of a transaction. Now, not all transactions, transactions work out. Um, not all contracts close, but, um, in, in the litigation, whether it's, you know, uh, the criminal defense, which I, I did that one summer in college and was like, that's not, yeah, that's not going to work out. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then family law and then civil litigation. I just found that, uh, I, my skill set uh, was better suited to do transactional work and, and deal making. Yeah. You know, and a part of it was I found that when I was doing that litigation work, the part of it that I enjoyed the most was um, the mediation and settlement, com- you know, conflict resolution. Right. Which I think lends well to contract negotiation. Real estate, yeah. And so, um, yeah, just I really, really fell in love with that deal making and closing process and decided that I was, you know, when I started my law firm, uh, what, six years ago now, six and a half years ago that I was going to just focus 
as much as I could um, as feasible in, uh, in, in doing real estate. So I didn't think about that, but that's so true that like <laughs> in one of those situations, in the other two, someone's going to be happy and someone's going to be really mad. Right. You know, it's not like, I mean, maybe in the family one, you know, they come to some kind of, you know, equal, you know, uh, agreement and they're both somewhat happy, but like most of the time it's not, it's pretty negative. It's pretty nasty too, huh? Yeah. And like the, the, the kind of tired lawyer statement. And when you're doing that is you try to solve something. Um, and the best resolution is when both parties are unhappy. Like what an outlook. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm going to go in this and just, <laughs> when both people aren't happy, then we're, we're doing a good yeah. job. It's yeah, like cool. opposite yeah, right. of anything, uh, of customer service or, you know, client retention. No. Right. No. So, so I, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's go to the deals where uh, a seller selling something and gets money yeah. and a buyer's buying something and gets a house or a property that they want and everyone's right. walking away happy. I love that. I love that. So how's everything going with, with the current state? Uh, obviously how's the law firm going? Um, you've been, you've been helping a lot of real producers, you know, top agents here locally. You've been down here for a long time. So how's everything going with that? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we're coming off of a crazy market. It's stabled some, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is healthy. Um, but you know, that also means you've got to shift focus a little bit, um, the firm and maybe take on some things that we wouldn't, you know, we weren't doing two years ago, right. really just because at that point we didn't have the time to do it because we were sure. doing so many closings. Oh, yeah. um, but there's still plenty going on, yeah. you know, particularly here as we sit here in season and it's 80 degrees and sunny outside <laughs> and the restaurants are full, you yeah. know, things are still uh, doing well down here. But, you know, there's still plenty of challenges, uh, particularly coming out of the hurricane. Yeah. Um, so what know, are you seeing, you know, where to date, what is this four months ish five months almost something like that um currently you know when this comes and airs it's going to be a little bit later than that but what are you currently seeing in this day uh of like um things to look out for in the contracts or struggles or issues that from still post hurricane yeah i think the the biggest challenges that i've had lately is um a lot of these associations where it's condos or hoa they now have a full idea, a complete idea of what the total cost is to do repairs, whether that's just to the building or the common areas of a you know HOA or a condo, et cetera. Right. Um, and they have a better idea of the insurance money that they are or aren't going to get, um, which that means there's going to be special assessments. Um, and the timing of that is, is kind of tricky, um, in, uh, particularly because the contracts in, you know, Farbar versus neighbor treat that differently. Um, so that's added some, some real interesting wrinkles into deals lately because, you know, a buyer may, you know, there might not be an assessment right now, but there may be a week before closing and the buyer is saying, well, I'm not paying for that, but the contract says otherwise. And, and, you know, what did the seller know? What didn't the seller know? It's, 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 it's been an interesting battle dealing with those. How does it, that is interesting. And how does that also been affected with insurance? Like, is that causing a lot of people to like either buy or sell? Do you see still? And is that something where like people are like buying and selling and they're taking over kind of like the current claim and stuff? Can you kind of do that? Or like, how does that work exactly? Yeah, you, you can do that. Um, I saw that more in after Hurricane Irma. Right. Um, because there were, there were a lot of wind claims. Um, I personally did that to be honest with you with my, uh, 
with my house. Um, and, it, and it worked out really well. So you can certainly do that. Um, but now with what are more flood claims, I'm seeing that um, sellers are just m taking the money from the claim and selling the property for less that will then need to be rehabbed by the buyer. Gotcha. So I, th th that's been just more kind of common the, lately. The lesser of two evils in a sense. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'll take this out. You buy whatever you want. Do whatever you want after right. that. You put in, put in your new floors, put in your refrigerator, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to discount the house by 250 grand because I took that money out. Right. And I'm, or, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. keeping those insurance proceeds. Exactly. Sense. Um, so <clears throat> you were affected by flooding. Um, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, you have another adventure kind of going on uh, with your family too, with, with your brother. Um, tell us about that spa, right? Yeah. Um, I co-own Brookside Market, which is a um, self-serve craft beer and wine uh, bar. Nice. With my brother, my wife, and our other business partner, Cody Shadley. Nice. And uh, yeah, so we opened, um, it's over on Davis Boulevard. We opened uh, in May. And we, so it's in the Brookside um, area off of Davis, mm -hmm. um, right behind, or right in front of Freedom Boat Club. Yep. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, we got about three feet of water. <laughs> that place definitely got a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I was, you know, when we were kind of assessing everything after the hurricane and we were driving down um, airport headed south and we saw airboats coming down from Davis Boulevard, we were like, well, oh, okay, we might have sustained some damage here. <laughs> You're like, uh, airboats? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is not going to be yeah, good. I could really use one of those beers <laughs> <or cooler> right <laughs> now. <laughs> exactly. You're like, I hope the, I hope it's still cold. Right. <laughs> well, uh, so you just opened. Tell, tell us a little bit about, like, you know, when you say self-serve, what do you mean by that? Like, it's kind of a different concept in a sense, right, in a sense uh, than other local bars. So tell us a little bit about the concept of it. Yeah, so um, it, it is truly just self-serve. We have uh, four coolers set up against the wall, stocked with um, craft beer and wine. Mm -hmm. um, you you start a tab with our with our bartenders, and you grab whatever you want. want, and then when you're done, you bring up the empties and cash out. I mean, it's very honor system. Wow. It's a small space, 900 square feet. No one's running out with <laughs> 12 packs of beer. Right, <laughs> right. We know where you're going. So it's not like taps everywhere. It's actually canned craft beer. In it. Gotcha. Okay. We do have we do have four drafts, but it's primarily uh, cans and bottles. Nice. Yeah. What sparked your idea of wanting a bar? Um, yeah, I mean, so um, there are other concepts like this, particularly on the East Coast, mm -hmm. and we saw that um, and really enjoyed it, and we yeah. just wanted to do that. Knowing like, we got to bring this over here. Yeah, knowing at some point, just. I, you know, I um, have an entrepreneurial spirit as right. my partners, and we always like to get into different ventures and yep. the space and the, uh, yeah, the opportunity just presented itself. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> if you're not growing, you're dying, right? right. So if you're not, yeah. you know, learning, all that kind of stuff. So you got to try it out and have yeah. some fun doing it. So that's cool. Now, um, another thing is you've been very philanthropic, right? You've been helping out, giving back to organizations. Uh, can you touch on what organizations you've been a part of and what you've been doing there? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I was on the board of the MS Center of Southwest Florida for about five years. So um, based out of uh, Bonita Springs, it's a, a center that um, uh, gives people with multiple sclerosis an opportunity to, to gather, to take classes, to better their lives with that horrible disease. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, yeah. 
So we did a lot of great work with them in helping expand their presence. Um, and then um, I ran the Naples Junior Chamber for several years, um, which was a local uh, uh, young professionals network. Mm -hmm. um, as part of that, I ran the Great Dot Canoe Race, which is like a Naples tradition. Um, I've seen that, but what is that exactly? <laughs> So it's a so it started uh, forty plus years ago, um, where uh, it's it's a canoe race. Okay, very literally a canoe race <laughs> literally, canoe. <laughs> that ran from uh, the Dock Restaurant through Naples Bay. Um, and dock Restaurant down on on Twelfth. Okay, and then it goes. Okay, Naples Bay. Okay, yeah, and with a with a party surrounding it. Yeah, and so um, it went on for forty years. The the Vin, the owner of the Dock, around two thousand seventeen ish. Um, decided that 40 years was enough um to which we raised our hand and said we'll take it over and nice. we did it was a lot of fun we raised money and had a blast unfortunately um the pandemic happened so that you know the city and yeah. the folks weren't too keen on having events for a while so it yeah, kind of uh everything yeah it, it it's i would say it didn't die it subsided there's there's new groups that we're working with that are okay eager to take it over because it's such a cool like weird awesome naples, yeah. naples tradition so Hey, you don't, those are, those are what like keep, um, either like a small town or a tradition or something like it keeps that vibe going. It keeps that, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of, but like, you know, I had, we had those weird things in our small town yeah. up in Wisconsin and it, those are what I remember, right? It's not like the normal day-to-day -day stuff. It's those unique, we had these bike wheels, we had all these different things that people in, it's a small town and the whole thing was like full of bikes. Everyone from the whole, like every surrounding area would come in. You remember it was just like overwhelming. It's right. just like those unique stuff that you don't want to forget. Yeah. You it, don't want to lose. It is a, it is a unique Naples tradition. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, just seeing all the boats out in the bay and watching the canoe races and then local businesses get involved. I mean, they're the primary sponsors and they mm -hmm. would, they would get, um, uh, there's a specific race just for, it was a sprint race just for, uh, local businesses and mm -hmm. that everyone had a blast doing that. And then, you know, they would go to the, the VIP party and drink beer afterwards on a, <laughs> on, a, on a, on a nice Sponsored May by. afternoon. Hey, well, it sounds like it's going to have your bar associated with it. Maybe yes. perfect. Maybe in the near future. That well, there you occur. go. There you go. All right. Um, I do want to take a little time to talk about what you enjoy, you know, for, with, with your family, uh, your wife and uh, two little girls. So tell us a little bit, uh, about what you guys like to do outside of your entrepreneur mindset with your businesses and obviously practice, practicing law. Yeah, uh, well, you know, fortunately, my wife and the girls, they all love going out on the boat. So just about every weekend, we are taking the boat out and enjoying Key Wade and Island. Yeah. Um, and uh, all the, you know, just love being on the water and getting so out there. I mean, we went this weekend. It was, you know, no, no clouds, 80 degrees, breezy. Yeah. You can't beat that. <laughs> I was playing catch up all weekend, getting back in the groove of things from being gone. And I, I was like. First of all, it was great to be back, and then that weather hitting, right? And But I was like, man, to this weekend is perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's what we live for. I mean, this weekend was really, like, perfect. Yeah, so. it, was, it was excellent. So we're, we're good. lucky to get out there. 
Well, love it. Well, <clears throat> Matt, uh, unfortunately, we run out of time on these things way sooner than we'd like to. But um, I appreciate you coming on here, telling a little bit about your your obviously your businesses and your story and your journey within within you know you've been down here for your whole life pretty much. I mean, maybe seven, whatever. We're gonna consider <laughs> you. We're gonna consider you the local, right? Um, there's not very many people here that are actually from here. So my um, wife is, and she's she's proud of that. So born well, born and raised. There's yeah, there's like a handful. She probably knows the other you know right. fifty. 15 or 20. <laughs> so, well, thanks, Matt, for coming on here and sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Appreciate so, uh, as always, RP Experience is thrilled to have you on here. And we're here at VentureX in the podcast room. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, all. Awesome.